birthdays and special occasions. And so we're glad you're here, and we hope the Lord will bless you. This is our Easter program this morning. We do it on Good Friday evening and on Easter Sunday morning, and so we're glad you're here for that. All right, did I overlook any visitors? If I did, please raise your hand again. I didn't mean to. All right, we overlook anybody. All right, so thrilled to have you with us. There is a visitor card in there. Uh, we're not going to chase you down. We're not going to. Uh, we're not going to have you stand and embarrass you or anything like that. We'd just appreciate it if you'd fill that visitor's card out. So we got to have a record of your visit, and we'd appreciate that so very, very much. And then you can just drop it in the offering plate here in a few minutes when it comes by. And there should be a there should be a million dollar pin in that uh, in that. Uh, package that you got uh, you, nobody knows who's got it but somebody's going to get a million dollar pen one day in, in our visitor packet uh, so don't lose that pen it could be worth a fortune one day uh, but in the meantime you can use it to fill out that visitor's card or if you're here this morning and you need a prayer card raise your hand nice and high if you need a prayer card we want to get those to you this morning we will not read those tonight because there's no evening service or choir practice on Easter Sunday night uh, and folks are still coming in, so you might have to scrooch up a little bit and give them some space. Uh, but we we don't want we want we we think we can get everybody in here without. So just scrooch up a little bit and let them in. We'd appreciate that. All right. Anybody else needing a prayer card? We don't want to overlook anybody needing a prayer card. All right. I'm going to go through this pretty quick. Uh, if I don't drop it. Here we go. So no choir practice tonight and no evening service. Men's 33 series is still going on on Tuesday night at 645, including this Tuesday night. So don't miss that. Church directory photos, we're still scheduling those. So if you, if you go out the double doors and turn left into the main foyer over there right next to the nursery, there's a table with uh, some fine-looking uh, young ladies who will be sitting there, and uh, they'll be more, more than happy uh, to arrange for you uh, a photo for our upcoming church directory. And we need you to uh, do that. We're, we, we, we do not have 100% participation yet. And we do want 100% uh, from, our, uh, from our members this time. It's been about five years since we've done a, a directory. That's way long. We usually do it every three. Uh, and so we don't want to miss anybody this time. We want everybody to be a part. So don't miss out on that. Uh, so be sure and schedule that today. Men's Devotion Night, Friday, April the 14th at 6.30 at the Eastern Pennsylvania uh, Campground. That's over there in Peach Bottom. If you don't know where it is, I can tell you how to get there. Uh, but uh, they're going to have uh, 6.30 Men's Devotion Night. Eric Beamer will be leading the devotion. And they're going to have hot dogs and baked potatoes. So uh, go over there for a wonderful night of devotion, prayer, and fellowship. Uh, and it's, it's a father-son event. So fathers and sons all go out there and have a great time. And then the next morning, the very next morning, there's a work day at the campground. And so if you want to spend the night over there, go right ahead. Take your camper. and There's camper hookups. If you want to take a tent, if you want to sleep in the cabin, we'll be praying for you if you want to sleep in the cabin. But we, you can do that. And, uh, and uh, the bathrooms are very nice because I, I practically built them myself. So I know all about that. Uh, so the bathrooms are really nice there. You'll, you'll do good. Uh, but then there'll be a work day starting at 8 o'clock the next morning, and it's a big job. And so we need many hands to make light work because they have some astroturf that has to be put down. And so we need some help putting down the astroturf. This is going to make it so much better, so be sure 
and be out there to help. And then Young Adults Bible Study, Saturday, April the 15th in the Fellowship Hall at 7 o'clock. And then next Sunday, we have the Phillips Family in concert at 11 o'clock uh, Sunday morning. Next Sunday, we love the Phillips Family. Uh, and uh, if you don't know them, if you haven't heard them yet, you are going to love them. I promise you, uh, they're down home. They are great. They're awesome. Uh, and uh, I love them to death. I've been preaching in a lot of places that we, they've been singing for years. I'm, say, I'm talking 15 years I've been preaching and singing with them, uh, mainly out in Texas and Louisiana and Mississippi. Uh, but uh, we got, uh, they're not from out there. They're from uh, North Carolina. So we finally got them up here last year, and we're just so thrilled that they're coming back. They'll be a real blessing to you. You don't want to miss out on that. All right. I think that's all the announcements. I try to do this as quick as I can. And the way, way I do it is I try to only mention the announcements that are coming up in the coming week. We're busy this week, folks. we got a lot going on. So uh, praise the Lord for that, uh, that uh, we're a busy church and a busy community and busy for the cause of Christ. Uh, amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward for our regular Sunday morning tithes and offerings. You give as the Lord directs. I have no doubt whatsoever that he will bless you for it. We're going to have prayer. I'm going to get off the platform and get out of the way. And then we're uh, then those who uh, have the program, uh, which I'm a man alive, you should see my son this morning. He looks like a Philadelphia lawyer. He's got on a three-piece suit. Got on a three-piece suit. He also has his watch and chain. Yeah, and I got one almost just like it, but I think his is a little nicer. But he's got his pocket watch and chain. I haven't worn mine in years. I'm telling you, he looks great this morning. And he's going to be sort of, uh, sort of in charge of the program this morning. Uh, and, uh, but there's a lot going on, and I am so very, very much looking forward to seeing the program. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't been to a rehearsal. Helen came Friday night because she was going to... She, she backslid on us and went to Porter's Grove this morning to their, uh, to their sunrise service. And so she went Friday night, and I'm here this morning. There ain't no way you're going to get me at a sunrise service unless it's Nottingham. So <laughs> not, that's not going to happen. But anyway, so she went there, and so I'm here this morning uh, to see it for the very first time, and I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask the one who saves me most of the time when I get in trouble. I didn't even get in trouble today, did I? No, I did good, didn't I? Did really good. Jason, you lead us in our opening prayer. Oh, uh-huh. 
amazed in the presence before we start here this morning. So if you all just lift up your voices uh, and just praise the Lord today for what he's done for us and just be in amazement. I'm in amazed. I stand in awe of all that he's done for us. So let's just sing, our, lift our voices, lift our hands up, lift our praise up to the Lord today. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the
So our program this morning is a little bit different than it's been in the past. If you've come to Nottingham in the past on a Good Friday or Easter Sunday morning, a lot of times you've seen uh, lots of big scenery, uh, a, a really big production, and, and it works really well, and we love doing that. Uh, but this year, as we were talking about some things, uh, we really almost in a way wanted to keep it more simple. We wanted to be able to just draw the focus to the, to the words of the songs that we were singing because the songs are filled with Scripture. They're filled with the truth of the Word of God, and they proclaim Him uh, in a way that's just absolutely beautiful and wonderful. We almost, in a way, wanted you to be able to consider the things of Jesus Christ, to consider what He's done for you. Instead of your mind being and your eyes being attracted to different scenes all the times, we wanted you to be able to stop, as it were, this morning, and maybe in your own heart and mind, think a little more deeply on Jesus Christ, on what He's done for you. And maybe you might be here this morning and you haven't realized what He's done for you. We're hoping that the Word of God, we're hoping that the songs that are sung will, will bring you to a place where, where you will realize how important He is to every part of our life. That you'll see that this is the Christ that died for you. This is the Christ that you need in your life and that he truly is everything. And so with a few scriptures and with a few songs this morning that speak of the life of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, and indeed the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning, we want to worship and praise him. And if there's a part this morning that speaks out to your heart, we want you to feel free to worship and praise with us for sure. And uh, if there's a part that speaks to your heart, it doesn't matter at what point. If you need to come and get someone that you know to pray with you about your relationship with Jesus Christ, there's never a wrong time in this program. Amen. Never. And maybe there's somebody that you know and you trust, and they can show you and Maybe they've even talked to you about it before. I, I don't know. But more than anything, we would love for someone to experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ in their heart today. That would be the greatest way to celebrate this morning. And maybe that could be you. You know, in the book of Exodus, in chapter 3, in verse number 14, Moses has an encounter with God. It's an unusual encounter with God. As a matter of fact, Moses, even though he is a part of the Hebrew people and he is a part of God's people, this encounter is very unusual. As a matter of fact, God appears to him in a burning bush. And it's speaking to him about what he wants him to do. And he says, Moses, I need you to go and get my people out of, Israel, out of Egypt. I want you to be a deliverer. I want you to be the one that will set them free and bring them out of this bondage and bring them out of that. Moses is so confused by so many things that are going on. But most of all, he says, who should I say sent me? And the Bible records that God says, I am. Tell them I am has sent me. And in that small little phrase... God is revealing to Moses, and he's been revealing to us, that he is the I am in our life. 
Well, you say, Mike, what does that mean, the, the I am? Well, he is everything. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the one that sustains all things in this world. He is the one that by his own voice created everything that we see. He is the one that by the power of his name has brought all of this into being. He is everything. As the Bible goes on, God reveals himself more and more to his people. This is what the Bible is all about, is that God is slowly but surely revealing his character, revealing who he is. As he moves through the Old Testament, he says, I am your Passover. He says, I am this. And then when Jesus comes on the scene, he says things like, I am the door. He says things like, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the lamb that will be slain. He is everything that we need. And the first place that we come to a realization of this great God is that we must understand that He is the great I Am. shepherd and I am the door. I am the good news to the bound and the poor. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am the righteous one. I am the lamb. I am the ultimate sacrifice for sin. I am your redeemer, the beginning and the end. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am Jehovah and I
Easter, I feel like uh, as I start to focus uh, on Easter and on what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, there's a different emphasis that comes to me and, and just is special to my heart. In the years past, it's been times where I've just been absolutely uh, amazed at the death of Jesus Christ, that, the, uh, that He would do that for us. And, and every year, like I said, it's something different. But this year, this year it was kind of important to me because it was an emphasis that sometimes I put on the back burner because I don't, I'm so careful to, to make sure that, that I keep Christ in the right focus. We live in a world that's very self-centered, and you might know that. And even if we're not careful, our religion becomes about us to where this is Jesus did this for me, and, and I'm the only one that matters, and then all of a sudden my religion is more about what can Jesus do for me than life for him. And I'm very careful about that. But this year, it was very precious to me that the Lord kept presenting and just impressing upon my heart that he died for me. And you might say, well, Mike, that, that is kind of shallow. You're putting it that way. Well, I'm telling you, I don't know why, but the Lord just kept saying, hey, I know that I have died for the sins of the whole world. I know that these things are true, but you need to come and praise me for the fact that I have died for you. He is my personal Savior. He's my best friend. He's what I need every single day. And as we look at this story as it's progressing today and as we're bringing it to you today, God is revealing himself to mankind and to all of the world through his word and through the things that he does. And we go back and read it and see how wonderful his plan is and how marvelous it is that he keeps showing more and more of himself so that we could know him better. But all the time that he is doing that, he is still dealing with people on a personal level all the time. He spoke to Moses we see that he is coming and absolutely being real. And this next song that we're going to use here shows just that. Of a woman who comes to Jesus. And number one, she is very aware of who Jesus is. She knows that she doesn't deserve to be in his presence. She knows that he, he is holy and she knows that she is unworthy. The second is she knows herself. She knows that about herself. She knows because of her past and because of where she's been and because of how the world has just wrecked her life 
she knows that there is no chance that she deserves to be anywhere near Jesus Christ. But she also knows that he's forgiven her. And that's the thing. That's where it gets personal. He's forgiven you. Do you realize that this morning? He's already forgiven you. As a matter of fact, one of the seven things on the cross of Calvary is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Your forgiveness has already been secured. God has been revealing this throughout time, that he has a desire to forgive you. He has a plan to forgive you. And all this is coming into a, into a being, and that being is Jesus Christ. And this woman, who knows who Jesus is, who knows who she is, and realizes that she's been forgiven, pours out her praise to Jesus Christ. Oh, he is worthy of all of our praise. He is worthy. You might say, why do they gather every Sunday? Because we're still amazed that we've been forgiven. And we just want to come and praise him for what he's done. You listen this morning as Mary pours out her praise on Jesus Christ.
He's everything we need. Mary came. And so unusual, isn't it? You might not praise him by bringing an alabaster box of ointment and washing him, his feet. But how are you going to praise him? I love this. I am. It's different for everyone. You might not be forgiven of the same things that Mary's been forgiven of. But whatever you need, that's what he is. Because he's everything. It's an old saying, but it's still true. He's right for whatever's wrong in your life. He's everything. Jesus Christ is revealing himself to his disciples. God's plan of salvation is becoming more and more visible to everyone. And here we have this moment where God became flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus Christ is walking the earth and he is healing and he is forgiving. He is sharing with his disciples about who he is and that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And even at one point, he says the words, I am. And he causes such a, such a problem for the Pharisees. They knew exactly what he was saying. And this Jesus is revealing himself to the world. But even still, it was difficult for everyone to understand what Jesus was going to do. Oh, they saw him as a leader. They saw him as a teacher. They saw him as a master. They even saw that maybe he could come uh, and take some political power. Who knew? But little did they know what he would have to do to bring them redemption. Little did they know what he would have to do to make them right with God. That's the big problem. So we're just not right with God. There's a problem between us and God. And Jesus is showing. And as the cross approaches, he reveals to his disciples even more closely what he's going to have to do. He said to them, I am the door. He said to them, I am the shepherd. He said to them all of these things about who he is, but now he's going to reveal that he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that he's the sacrifice for sin that we so desperately need.
Jesus Christ is revealing to his disciples who he is, what his plan is. But all throughout the word of God, he's been doing this. God has been pointing us to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that when they left the supper, that they went to the garden to pray. And the Bible says that there, Jesus took a few disciples with him. And as he went out to pray, the Bible says that in great agony, he prayed. And he said, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. He was, he was saying, God, the cross, it's, it's, it's a lot to bear. We think of Christ sometimes in supernatural ways because he was indeed God. But we have to remember he was all man. I know it's hard to understand, but there was this the humanity of Jesus Christ that was saying, God, there's got to be another way. I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want to die on a cross. I don't want this to be the way. But yet he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. And in the garden, Jesus obeyed the will of the Father. All the way back in Eden, we see that Adam was faced with, with a decision of the will. Would he do his own will or would he obey the will of the Father? And unfortunately, most of us are aware of how that worked out. He disobeyed the will of God and he failed. But where Adam failed in the garden, Jesus didn't fail in the garden. He is indeed Christ is indeed the true and better Adam. The Bible says that this Adam, even though he died because of his death and because of his perfection, that as he rises from the grave, he becomes the first fruits of them that slept. He is in all things the true and better Adam. But it's not just the story of Adam that in an amazing way points to Christ. It happens all throughout the Old Testament. Abraham has a promised son named Isaac. The apple of his eye, his only son. Oh, could I take the liberty to maybe say his only, but not necessarily begotten, but his only son. And he takes him up to the mountain where he's going to make him a sacrifice. We know that story as well, that at the last moment that God stops the hand of Abraham and provides a ram that is there for the sacrifice. But yet we see another picture that's pointing to the fact that one day that Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father, would climb the hill of Calvary, there to be the sacrifice for all people and for all times. A sacrifice was needed. You see, because of my sin, because of who I am, the Bible is showing me that something has to pay for my sin. Then we see in the Old Testament, even as Moses is the mighty deliverer that brings God's people 
out of bondage and out of slavery and by the Passover lamb. I don't know. if I hope that you go home and study some of this. But this whole Bible is pointing to the fact of what Jesus would do. And Moses brings his people out of slavery and out of bondage. What a deliverer. But he's not a deliverer like Jesus who freed me not from slavery and bondage of this world, but from the slavery of sin and from the bondage of my own recklessness. He absolutely has done everything for me. He has delivered me from death, hell, and the grave. He is a deliverer. But then, David, that mighty king of Israel, What a picture of Jesus Christ he is. Like Jesus Christ, he was a shepherd. Like Jesus Christ, he was a king. And while he held the most humble of vocations, he also was the king of kings. This is Jesus Christ, who humbly comes and serves us. In the most humblest of vocations. Oh man, look back at the David, of David's story. He didn't want to be out in the fields watching sheep. He thought there was something bigger for him. But yet, how much did God teach him while he watched those sheep? As David records for us Psalm 23 because of his experiences as a shepherd. And he says with a grateful heart, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because he fills every one of my needs. He anoints my head with oil because he personally picks me up. And David would know what it meant to take each sheep personally and make sure that each sheep, each little lamb was cared for and was provided for exactly what they needed. He said, God, that's what you do for me. My Lord comes and he picks me up and he gives me exactly what I need. Oh, he was a shepherd and he was a king. But David was only, he was only a type. He was only a shadow of the one that would come and be the king of kings. And Lord of Lords. And he would be the shepherd of my soul. I'm not sure if you're realizing this yet. But the whole book points to Jesus Christ. Christ the true and better Adam, Son of God and Son of Man, who when tempted in the garden never yielded, never sinned. He who makes the many righteous calls us back to life again dying he re 
Reverse the curse, then rising crushed the serpent's head. Christ the true and better Isaac, humble son of sacrifice, who would climb the fearful mountain there to offer up his life laid with faith upon the altar father's joy and only son their salvation was provided oh what pure and boundless love Jesus Christ is revealing himself to the world. As I said, he starts to reveal himself to us personally. There's things and events that take place in our life that make us consider who Jesus Christ is. 
In the book of Romans, the Bible tells us that the simple fact that we look around us and see creation should point us to the fact that someone had to create that. And because of that fact, then we have to start to come to terms with the, what are we going to do? If there is a being that is bigger than me, if there is a God that has created this, and if he is who he has said he is in the word of God and he's holy, we come to terms with those things. Maybe it's thinking about death. Because unfortunately, as we walk through life, we have to say goodbye to people that we love. Maybe it's as we walk through those, as Psalm 23 says, the valley of the shadow of death, that we come to grips with, well, what is going to happen? What is going to take place? And yet there's something inside of us that says, this can't be all that there is. We a lot of times like to appease our logic and appease our conscience and say, oh, when we die, when we die, and that's all that there is. But in those still small moments when you're alone with yourself and no one else is around, that doesn't seem to satisfy, does it? That's because God has placed eternity in our hearts. Man was meant for more than this. And our life is but a vapor. And we seem to realize that. Especially as we grow older and we realize that maybe there's more days behind us than days ahead of us. We start to look back and go, where did the time go? How did it go so fast? Then we realize, oh, I was meant for more. And it's maybe during those times that we consider Jesus Christ. And he comes. And maybe it's because it's no accident that you're here today. Hearing the words of this man, Jesus Christ, who says, I know you're a sinner. And you know it too. But Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. His forgiveness is real. And we come to a place where Jesus Christ's ultimate work is being revealed. In the moment, I don't think anybody realized what was going on. As Jesus walked up that hill, carrying the burden of his own cross. And as he was nailed to that cross, and there in agony and pain, he paid for the sins of the entire world. I don't think anybody knew what was going on. But now we look back, and we survey that cross. And we realize that that monumental occasion that event that literally split history in half, that that event right there, I've got to do something with it. It's kind of been my goal throughout this whole thing to bring you to a place where you will consider the cross. The whole book points to it. All of life points to it. We had a funeral here yesterday for a man that loved Jesus Christ. He was a farmer and a teacher. And as we were discussing his life, one of those other farmers that knew him 
they pointed out to me once again something that I already knew, that even in the most simplest thing that we do on this planet of growing a plant shows us who Jesus is. As they plant the seed in the ground, that seed must die. But yet when it dies, life comes out of it. The tiniest thing that we do, that we have to do every day to have food and to sustain us, the smallest thing points to what Jesus Christ was doing. It's all about him. Every bit of it. You can't do anything in this world that doesn't speak to you of the love of God. And as we move through our lives and have relationships and, and feel love, all of that points to the fact that God loved us first. And he sent his son. And he showed his love for us on the cross of Calvary. And listen, when you stop and consider it, you have to do something with it. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died. What are you going to do when you consider the cross this morning?
He paid for our sins on the cross of Calvary. He died in our place. My sins were placed upon Him. The iniquities of us all were placed on Him. And He died in our place. The Bible says that He was buried in a tomb. But because He was God, because He was perfect, because He had lived a life that nobody else had ever lived, the grave could not keep Him. This morning in Sunday school, all we did is go through every gospel and read the resurrection account. And we had to keep saying amen and hallelujah over and over again because he rose from the grave. We believe that he physically, bodily got up from the grave. Sometimes people come to the word of God well, I don't know if I believe that part. That seems far-fetched. And how, how is it that that could have taken place? Well, let me tell you, if you believe in the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the rest of the Bible is pretty easy to take. I'll just say that right there. That's the first miracle that we start with. And we believe it with every bit of our being. We believe the reports. And, and I, I don't want to bring to you a a historical account of it. We can do that very well. But I like what the song says. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. He has, he has risen from the grave. The Bible tells us that he is at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us. It is without a doubt the greatest victory that has ever taken place on this planet is that Jesus Christ, the grave could not keep him, nothing could hold him back. And what this world meant for evil, God meant it for good. Isn't that amazing? He is risen from the dead. I love this song because it emphasizes the physicality of his resurrection. Praise Him this morning as you think about the fact that on that first Easter Sunday morning as Jesus' body lifeless lay there in the grave that in a moment, in an instance, all of a sudden His heart began to beat and His blood began to flow and it was waking up what was dead just a moment ago and He breathed in and the heavy air that was all around him, the air that stank of death, and the air that had nothing in it, all of a sudden became the breath of God. And as he breathed out, he was word in flesh once more. And the lamb that was slain for us is now the lion who's ready to roar. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And his heart beats.
his heart beats, his blood begins to flow, waking up what was dead a moment ago. And his heart beats, now everything is changed, because the blood that brought us peace with God is racing through his veins, and his heart beats. His heart beats. He breathes in. His living lungs expand. The heavy air surrounding death turns to breath again. And he breathes out his word in flesh once more. The Lamb of God slain for us is a lion ready to roar. And his heart beats. So crown him the Lord. So my heart beats with the rhythm of the saints as I look for the seed the king has sown to burst up from the grave. So crown him the Lord of life. Crown him the alive and he's risen forevermore he's alive and he'll never die again and I know that because he lives that now my heart beats I love that line with the rhythm of the saints as we look for the seed that he's planted to spring forth again oh what truth in that song 
what amazing love that God has bestowed upon us that we could be forgiven all by the wonder-working power of Jesus Christ. The power of the resurrection absolutely changed the world. And so it should. We find that after Jesus Christ is risen, the disciples who, who had scattered when their Savior was arrested, that now after seeing the resurrected Jesus and receiving the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost are now filled with a new fire. And Jesus Christ says to them and sends them out, we see it in the Gospels and we hear it as the Great Commission. That now in response to what I have done for you, it is now your job to go and tell the world of what Jesus Christ has done. And I'm so thankful that like Paul says to King Agrippa, when he says, and King Agrippa, I was not, I, I did not fail in the mission that God gave me. I'm thankful that those apostles and those early disciples did not fail at that mission. But they went out from that place everywhere proclaiming the news of Jesus Christ. And as they did, everywhere they went, people believed. People who had never even seen, but witness to them. And they said, we have seen the resurrected Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah. He is your peace. He's everything that you'll need. And over and over, people accepted. And they believed the witness of the resurrected Jesus. And here we stand, 2,000 years later. And folks are still hearing the witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they are accepting him as their personal Savior. This is our job. We have been commissioned. If he has paid for me with his blood, then I have been commissioned to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that needs it. And that's why we're doing all this this morning. Just to tell you that Jesus loves you, that he died on the cross for you, there's a million different ways to tell that story. You can tell it through all of these different myriad of ways, through science, through the world around us, through the experiences of your life. All of them speak of the fact that God loves you and what Christ has done is real. And if you're here today and you know him, oh, we want to challenge you to go tell someone. This is our commission.
it's okay if it's hard to believe. I have faith that you will do greater things. It's my time to go, but before I leave, to tell you that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And because He is alive, we have hope, and hope is eternal. This morning, as we close out, and as we just, I'm going to get Ruby to come and sing that one song. We want to give an invitation. We always want to give an invitation. Maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior. 
I hope that this morning we've brought you to a place where you look and consider the cross that Christ has died for you. Realize there is something you have to do with that. My invitation this morning is simple, and I'm not going to belabor it. The last part of this song says, when I look at this, when I see that this cross, what Christ has done, it demands my life. It demands my all. There's many people, and even some in the Bible, that come to the cross, that have come to Jesus and realize that it does demand their all, and they've walked away. It's not that they didn't believe. It's not that they didn't think it was real. It's they said, no, I'm just going to live for myself. But this morning, I pray that you would indeed be overwhelmed by the love of Christ and be ready to give Him your life and give Him your all. So as we stand all across the building, let's stand with me if you would. Ruby's going to sing this song. There's going to be people up front that are ready to deal with you and pray with you if you need to know more about being saved. We'd love for you to come this
we want to thank you so much for being with us on this Easter morning. And we're thankful that you've come and celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ with us. I want to get all of our actors up here quickly. Come on. Come on, guys and gals. Hustle. You guys are all young. We'll let you run in church this once. No, I'm just kidding. But no, uh, we're thankful for all the young people that always help. As I said, it wasn't quite uh, as big as it was before. But I'm going to tell you, it was also kind of, kind of, yeah, here comes some more of our angels. Yeah, all right. Here they come, here they come. Get all of our singers. Derek, come out here too. Derek's our unsung hero who, uh, well, that was Eric. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, good job, Eric. Eric, come right out front, Eric. <laughs> All right. Let's give them a nice big round of applause. Amen. They did a great job. There's Allison. Allison and Andrea, y'all come up here. Come on. These are our directors, and didn't they do a great job making sure everything went good? And I do have to say a great big thanks to all of our, our musical people because I brought them songs. If you, if you had ever heard that song, His Heartbeats, they had to completely rearrange that song for it to fit what we were doing today. And they did amazing with it. And I thought it was absolutely wonderful. So we just want to thank you so much for being here today. Uh, also, one other thing, and I want to embarrass her, you better come around and shake hands with Cammie Beamer today. Because today's her last Sunday with us. She's going to be moving to North Carolina, and we're going to miss Cammie like crazy. All right? So, Cammie, now everybody's going to come shake your hand, okay? And so you say a nice big farewell to her, and uh, we're going to miss her. She's got an opportunity in North Carolina she couldn't pass up. And for some reason, she thinks North Carolina is so great. I don't know what that's all about. But anyway, but anyway, we're thankful for what the Lord's done in our hearts this morning. And we're thankful that you are with us. I'm going to ask our pastor to come up and close us in prayer. And then you'll be dismissed. One more time, give these folks a fantastic round of applause for all the hard work that they did. I'll tell you, what a wonderful, what a wonderful way to spend Easter Sunday morning. And what a wonderful job. Now, I know they have had bigger productions in the past, but I think they've ever had a better program presenting the person and the life uh, and the uh, and the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ I was very very impressed with it uh, and I'm glad I waited till this morning to get to see it that way it was all so fresh and new and I'll tell you songs they sang some songs I never heard before uh, the heartbeat song, I've never heard that song before. Uh, some of the others that were new to us, I've heard them on the radio or uh, Pandora or, uh, or whatever, uh, YouTube. Uh, but uh, that one I had not heard, so I'm looking forward to finding it and, uh, and listening to it. Uh, but they did a great job. And listen, if the Lord has dealt with you today, He dealt with me. But if the Lord has dealt with you today and you're uncertain about your salvation... You're not really settled and sure of where you're going to spend eternity. Uh, this, this room is full of preachers. And it's full of godly women as well that can 
and deacons and men of God who can open up the Word of God and show you how to be saved. You do not have to leave this place concerned about where you're going to spend eternity. There are plenty of Bibles and there are plenty of men and women of God who would be more than thrilled to take the time to show you how to put your faith and trust in Christ and to know and have confidence that you're going to be with Him in glory. And, uh, and that, that's what it's all about. Jesus rose from the dead so that we could rise from the dead. That's the whole point. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you for this wonderful Sunday morning. We thank you for what Easter means to us. And Lord, as we walked out this morning uh, to the warming sunshine and the blue skies, Lord, we just thought there will be one great, bright, eternal day when you'll call us all home to be with you. And there'll never be another sorrow. We'll never say goodbye to another loved one. Our hearts will never be broken and we'll never shed another tear. For we'll be with our Savior throughout all eternity. May that thought rest upon this congregation now and forevermore. Amen. And you're dismissed. How deep the Father's love for us. How best beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon the cross my sin upon his shoulders ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers it was my sin